morning. Hello. How are you? This is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week we bring to you a woman who can help you in an important part of your life with your relationships, with your business, your health and fitness and self-esteem, to name only a few. My guest this week is a business communication expert. Her name is Claire Damkin Brown, and she is the founder of Damkin Brown and Associates Incorporated. Dr. Brown is a recognized industry expert in diversity management and equal opportunity strategy, gender communication, and also in the area of sexual harassment prevention. She has co-authored four books, Conflict and Diversity, Code Switching, How to Talk So Men Will Listen, The Gender Communication Handbook, and now my new book, our new book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life, which is available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com, so go get that book. Now, Claire's chapter in Leading Women handles women's top four hurdles with men. It's called Power Up, Three Ways to Build Credibility and Make Yourself Heard. I'm so happy to talk with Claire again, one of the co-authors to Leading Women. Thank you, Claire, so much for being with me. Claire, thank you for being on Conversations with Smart Amazing Women. Welcome back. Good to hear your voice again. Thank you. Glad to be here. We were just talking about what goes on in our lives today. We're just going to be talking about us and having a good time. How about that? That sounds wonderful. You know, um, it's always amazing to me when I go back and read something that I have written. Uh, It's almost like somebody else has written it. I don't know if you ever do that. Sometimes you think about, gee, where am I I at in my life and how much progress have I made or what's going on? But then you you go back and read something. Uh, I mean, I also paint, but I go back and look at something I've painted or something I've written and it's always amazing to me because it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's mine. Does that ever happen to you? Well, sometimes it's, yeah. it's kind of like getting into a zone so you can sit and write and put the material yeah. together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's one of the reasons I always ask people to start out our, our conversations with their personal story because I think you know it's so easy for women in general to look at some uh, another woman who's who's successful in her field and accomplished and has achieved, you know, uh, her and has certain expertise that women get uncomfortable with that. And they think, gee, life is so easy for her or, you know, think she has everything together. You know, her life seems to be so mm-hmm. less complicated than mine. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that when women share their personal stories with each other, they begin to understand that we're really all connected and we all have we all have to go through through the trenches of the fire or whatever, but when we come out on the other side, it's always, it's it, it, there's so much growth. But that's why I start with your story. So, you know, again, you're you're amazing as far as what you're doing in, in the business world, leadership, and really helping women to learn to communicate, and, and especially in the workplace. But how did this all come about for you? Well, my career, my corporate career was actually at a male-dominated technical environment, AT&T Bell Labs. And I started there right in the kind of late 70s, early 80s, when it was really an issue having a woman in the environment 
and the technical area was really a novelty at the time. And it kind of spurred my interest in understanding women's issues in the workplace because at the time there was a lot of, you know, comments about from the men, should I hold the door open for a woman yeah. or should I let her do her own thing? You know, and that that I thought was very interesting what the perceptions were of men and women in the work environment. Mm-hmm. So I did go back to school um, through a tuition reimbursement program, which was great, and I ended up getting my master's degree and Ph.D. focusing on gender communication and understanding how men and women work and communicate in the workplace. And with that background, then I was able to move into a position of, at the time it was called affirmative action manager, which was the individual who investigated potential discrimination cases in the workplace. And then from there it moved into diversity. And meanwhile, AT&T was changing companies company names and I was being moved from one branch of the company to another. So I actually ended up moving to Lucent Technologies, which is now Alcatel Lucent, and then moving on to Avaya, but all focusing in human resources and uh, creating a more diverse, inclusive workplace and supporting women and people of color in the work environment. As you're talking about the workplace, you know, I, I, I think about my own history because I come from, you know, I worked in large systems. And large systems uh, back then didn't have policy and procedure manuals about anything, per se, which is always interesting to look back because uh, I was the director of an EAP for a very large healthcare system. Okay. And going in and working with companies, uh, we found that many did not have policy and procedure manuals for their employees. And, of course, many of those issues, such as you, you were talking about, uh, I mean, one of your greatest, your mo- more important area, well, they're all important, but diversity, but uh, sexual harassment and nonviolence in the workplace. You know, yes. I mean, it's, I look yes. back and I, I'm, almost, I'm almost kind of a, uh, you know, you're a pioneer and I'm a pioneer because I helped companies, our, our EAP, we we help them develop policy and procedure manuals. We help people to learn, you know, again, how people should be treated in the workplace, and especially women. Because, uh, you know, people, when they think about sexual harassment, they think about women, but it really is men and women. It's, it's how people are, how, how we conduct our behavior in the workplace, which we spend eight hours a day typically in. So, I mean, it's right. always been, it became such an arena and, and almost... And, and yeah. of course, horrible things had to happen in the workplace. I don't, maybe horrible is a bad word. But, no, horrible is you know, a good word. <laughs> yeah, well, it is because uh, there That's were horrible right. things happening, and, and I'm sure you experienced them. I did as a woman, you know, the sex, sexual harassment as well as this difficulty not being able to communicate, you know, in a fashion that I heard, I was heard, and oftentimes felt like I was invisible, and you talk about that in your chapter in uh, the book. So, you know, where are we at this point? You know, I like to look back. I haven't been in in a large uh, systems organization for some time, uh, but I, I wonder sometimes where we're at as far as diversity, as far as the issue of nonviolence, as far as sexual harassment, and all those key issues that really 
create uh, can create a very scary and oftentimes a very well. I mean, of course, bullying is the biggest term we're using now. Yes, yes. Bullying in the workplace. I mean, I think that's what we wonder about when we get into different fields. Where are we at with that? Well, I think we've come a ways, but there's still a ways to go. That's how I would best describe it. Because we can look at, I think back in the 70s and early 80s, we were looking at issues around equal pay for equal work. And at the time, we were looking at maybe 70 cents or 73 cents a woman would earn um, for every dollar a man would earn. And now I think we're up to 80 cents or 81 cents. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's a, a variance, too, that we can see with the type of work people do. But I think equal pay for equal work is still an issue. And then while sexual harassment issues, I think people are more aware of the issues. Right. But we still see big cases and big settlements in the newspapers just about Absolutely. every week. Absolutely. And, uh, and the, the issues around harassment and sexual harassment and bullying are not just um, men harassing women. We also see some cases with women harassing women. And lately we've been seeing the cases in the NFL even with football players bullying each other and uh, making derogatory and sexual comments with each other. Yeah, and uh, yeah. what an issue that can be in the locker room. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, sometimes I like to think it's because, it, right, as you said, it's more visible, but the thing is why it's still going on is still amazing is that, you know, we, we still don't have that, that level of integrity and respect that should be in the workplace. Because, you know, the workplace, you know, uh, my background is also in systems and, and problem-solving short-term therapy, which we used with the EAP work. But, you know, that, that, that equality in the workplace and that, I mean, really eight hours, we spend eight hours with people in the workplace. So in many, many respects, it becomes a family. And, and I've always wondered why, you know, families, are all kinds of families are different, but it really has a lot to do with the leadership and the culture of it does. itself. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm wondering why the culture in some of these companies has not really turned the, turned the tide as far as, really saying, you know what, this is about relationships. This is about being authentic. This is about really caring for one another because what we're producing, we're producing things for other people that are important. And I think that's where, you know, we, we you see companies that are starting to evolve into that more conscious yes. Yes. conscious uh, approach of saying, you know, gee, we the higher purpose, you know, having, having uh, companies with a purpose, having employees that get behind something that really – that whole whole area of responsibility for self and others, and and really that integrity and character that is so important to uh, to create the kind of workplace that really you're proud to be in. You know, I'm excited when I go to work, and I'm proud to be a part of that group. And you know, I, I like to have my name and and who I am as a part of, the, of those people in that organization. So, I mean, what do you think as far as you know? I, I hate to put things on a scale, but I guess that's the only way to put it. Is, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you, where do you think we are right now? I would say from 1 to 10, I would give us an optimistic 6. <laughs> well, that's better than 50-50. <laughs> yeah, I, I think because, you know, as you said, I think there are a lot of companies that are really trying to get out there and understand what the issues are. Uh-huh. But um, even with those companies, it's it's still a big step to take 
because you can say that I want to respect people and I want to build a diverse, inclusive work environment, but people don't understand a lot of the systemic issues that are just there that can prevent some of these issues happening. So, yes, I want to have a diverse workplace, but I still see women as not quite leadership material or... you know, what a great what a great leading into leading women. I love there that. You go. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. I want to first of all thank you for being a part of this book because to bring twenty women together in a collaborative, uh, supportive and, 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 and that kind of environment that, that we all hope to have is really what leading women's all about, is really women supporting women, women helping women. And my premise has been with the Women Connect for Goods Foundation and with what we're doing with this book has always been until women truly support each other, we're going, to all, we're going to have difficulty in the workplace. Until women can actually support the leadership of other women and bring women up that, that chain, uh, that ladder, that chain of uh, command or whatever you want to call it, I think we're going to continue to have those issues. And, and again, you can have a seat at the table, but you have to have a voice. And that's where your expertise really comes in. And I think this is something so very, very important. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm on different boards, and, and I sit at the table, and I have a voice. But I also see women sitting along the wall who don't have a voice. Or if they do have a voice, I see them interrupted. I see them... Uh, deflated in some fashion by, again, the communication or the lack of communication uh, in, a, in a maybe a more male-dominated uh, arena. So you, your points in the book, uh, your, your chapter, Power Up, Three Ways to Build Credibility and Make Yourself Heard, I think are probably some of the most important things that women really, really need to listen to and to read and know and understand. And it's just not yeah. happening to, to them. It's happening to so many other women. You know, and I'll get off the podium here in just a minute. But, but you know, you talk about you talk about women and leadership. By the way, when I ask, when I talk about people and say, you know, uh, why don't you join this organization? It's an organization that's called Female Leaders in Philanthropy. They go, oh no, 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 I can't join that. I'm not a leader. And I think this is something that women are really, really uncomfortable with, even saying the term leader, and even the term power, and and. So let's just talk about the, the different points as far as women's communication skills and how they can really, really improve them, especially in the workplace. Great. The I think one thing to acknowledge is that um, both men and women are trying to do the right thing in the work environment, but I, I truly believe, especially for women, that by being aware of their gender communication issues, and the similarities and differences in how men and women talk, then once they're aware of those communication differences, then they can take steps to improve their credibility and impact in the work environment. And so, as you mentioned, that's what I talk about in the chapter in Leading Women. I talk about how to manage interruptions. And when we look at groups of men and women in the workplace, Studies have shown that men do most of the interrupting. So one of the things that women can do then, if if they are aware that they will be interrupted during the, they're most likely to be interrupted during the uh, 
conversation or the meeting, then they can take steps to help prevent that. And uh, some of those steps involve just drawing attention back to themselves so that they can finish their idea. So they can say things like, um, hold that thought, or uh, we'll get back to you in a minute, or why don't you finish that idea and I'll continue completing my thoughts on the topic. So it's just kind of drawing attention back to them and uh, making sure they can complete their idea. Is This is important because when the promotions and the performance evaluations are ready to be written up, the managers are going to be looking at whose ideas have they heard, what people do they know, where they're going, and what their thoughts are. So it's important for the women to be able to express themselves and get their ideas out. Otherwise, they do remain invisible, like you mentioned earlier. So you want to avoid that, especially. Yeah, well, you and I both know, I mean, unless you're really speaking out, you're really not seen as a leader in any way, shape, or form. If you're not sharing ideas or encouraging people to think or people to look at something, you're not really considered a leader. You know, I mean, for me, uh, sitting at the table and talking is, you know, I, I mean, I have ideas I want to share with or I want to have input into what other people are saying. And, of course, I think that's when you become recognized as a potential leader or a leader of an organization or a group or whatever. And and you're right. I, I, I think I really like what you said about that people are really trying to communicate really well, and they're really, men and women are trying to communicate with one another, but there are ways to improve that. And, you know, and to be conscious of that whole, uh, that whole arena. You know, I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not looking for blame. We're looking for ways to really create good communication. Okay, so interruptions, and of course, using that voice and, and again, women supporting women and men supporting women as well, and vice versa. versa. Yes, another example of that, almost every woman I've talked to has been in a meeting, and this has happened to me personally, where you express an idea, nobody yeah. says anything, and about ten minutes later, one of the men says the same thing, and everybody's thrilled about that idea, and they start talking about how wonderful Bob is and what a great yeah. idea and I know when it happened to me, I kind of just sat there in shock because I had read about this in my school books, you know, on communication, and I had I'd never thought this would really happen. But um, it's very important, again, in terms of being viewed as a leader to be able to get your ideas out and have people associate those ideas with you. Yeah, I love to do this, though. I mean, one of the things I think that's very effective is sometimes to bring other, engage other people in a conversation that you know have some good ideas is, that, is to, to really direct that to them. You know, say, you know, Mary or John, what do you think about that? You know, what's your, what are your thoughts about that? And to really get a conversation going. I think that's where women really are good, what we're really good at also, is engaging people in conversations uh, pertinent to the topic, uh, you know, that's being discussed, you know, and and I think that's another great trait that women can develop is really encouraging communication. That's our best, one of our best traits. And ideally, with a facilitator of the meeting, the facilitator would note that someone was interrupted or she was interrupted, 
or hey, wait a minute, that was Susan's idea, uh-huh. you know, ten minutes ago. But oftentimes the facilitator is wrapped up with the conversation too, and is kind of backing off from facilitating the meeting. Yeah. So the woman yeah. is left there with her idea being viewed as you know Bob's idea or someone else's idea. Yeah. So um, I suggest also in that same kind of situation, similar to the interruptions, that the woman can say, um, you know, hold on, Bob, you know, I appreciate that you liked my idea that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, why don't I give a few more um, data points about that particular idea? Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that's helpful, too, and this is where the teaming can happen, is that the woman can plan ahead, and this actually works for men, too, but if you know you're going to be interrupted or you want to make sure you're getting your ideas out, um, have a buddy, and that buddy can be a male or a female at the same meeting, and just advise them, ask for their help if somebody interrupts me or if you see somebody start repeating my idea, just go ahead and call the attention back to me. Mm-hmm. So that person could say, oh, you know, I thought Susan mentioned that a few minutes ago. Susan, did you have anything you wanted to add? So it's kind of setting yourself up for some success, knowing that there's a good uh, possibility that you may be interrupted. Sure. Well, and, and I think men- I think men are kind of used to getting interrupted anyway. They're kind of used to kind of barns, you know, barns. They, correct. Whereas men women, are, if somebody interrupts us, we're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I must have said something. You know, we're, you know, and I think yeah. once once you get comfortable in your skin, and I think that's part of it, is when, yeah. when, when women do get comfortable in their skin, they're great at communication. And, and yeah, and, and sometimes you can almost laugh a little bit and go, well, well, hey, you know, I mean, you can also use a little humor. Well, wait a minute, okay, use, you know, I mean, let's yeah. hang on here a minute. You know, so. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, so it, it doesn't have to be a knockdown battle or anything. No, and no, no, just like, well, wait people, a minute, what are, you, what are you doing? That was my idea. You know, just laugh a little bit or whatever. Yes. But, but just not, to really, just to, because I guess what, you're, what you, you also talk about in the chapter, and I think it's also important, is that, how people walk away from a meeting and how they view the woman during that that meeting or vice versa how she how she, well actually I watched this on the today show and this was this was funny uh, it, actually it was not funny it was actually very pathetic but there were two experts that were being interviewed about a subject and I can't even remember what the subject was I was watching the dynamics of it but one was a woman and one was a man the question was asked. It wasn't directed at either one. It was asked. The man, the man continued to talk, talk, talk. The woman sat there. She sat there. She sat there. She sat there. I was like, wanted to go through the screen and shake her and go say something, because he he realized he had the he had the floor, and Correct. he just he ran with it. And and the of course the the, um, the news news anchor she should have. You know, said, okay, wait a minute. Well, what about you, so and so? But you know what? She didn't say her. She didn't say her either. You know, and, and I thought to myself, hey, you, you're going to have to either sink or swim on this one. Well, and you—that's why you can't always depend on the facilitator yeah, to yeah. understand what the dynamics are and bring you back into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. it is difficult, and this is just like the tip of the iceberg. There are a lot of differences, like you're alluding to the men being more competitive in their socialization, so they're out there to compete. They almost enjoy the interruptions and expect them. Sure, absolutely. And it's they're a looking game. at it's like a game. Yeah, okay, so, let's see. 
hierarchy and status and um, demonstrating, you know, their skills and and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But the woman is looking at trying to be collaborative, building their relationship. Yeah, they want people to like her, build that relationship. So she's women are much less likely to interrupt a man. But what's interesting when you look at groups that are all men and all women, they interrupt each other at the same rate. But when you yeah. put the men and women together, then men are doing most of the interruptions. Yeah, I, I have found, in, in fact, you know, when, since I've been working with women empowerment issues for since the '90s, as well, early '90s as well, is that you can you can add one man to a group of 30 women, and the dynamic changes immediately. And I've never. You know, and I, and I like to point that out to women. And so oftentimes if you say this is for women only, you'll say, well, why is it for women only? Because you, because the thing is is that that dynamic will change if you include one man into that mix. And that to me is, is something that we have to get used we have to get, We have to understand and we have to do something about. Because, well, and uh, it's, it's the power issue, too, that we see in the, the work environment most of the work environments have more men as bosses or more men as um, the leaders of the organization and the executives. So especially in a male-dominated workplace, it's, um, it can be difficult to be the, the woman coming into that environment and trying to express your voice and your power because then we get into the labels of, is she too aggressive or right. you know, white? Or other, or, or other nasty names. Correct. <laughs> which I have, which I've been called over the years, and I guess I should say congratulations. I've been called those names. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't have heard my voice. Well, that's that's where Leading Women comes in. This is a tool book. I mean, this is a book of resources from women like yourself who have been through the trenches, have seen the dynamics in the workplace, have seen women women struggle with communication skills. Who's You've seen women struggle with the whole issue of leadership, and you've seen women struggle with the issue of the power. But, you know, we talk about it in such a different way that what we're trying to do is reframe and help women to understand, you know, know, the the God-given talents that they have as far as being good communicators and having the power to create the world and and the... and the dynamics that they want to live better lives. And so, you know, I think that's something that we really haven't shared enough with is, first of all, showing women supporting women, which is huge. I mean, I've had more people talk about the book in that respect, that that's where I really, really get excited is that women are saying, gee, or people, even men are saying, gee, 20 women coming together, collaborating, and bringing their resources together to help other women. Wow. Wow. What a concept, you know, and I'm like, well, you know what, this is what it's about for me. You know, it's really about bringing everyone together to, to bring their expertise. Your area, this, this is such a huge piece, Claire, to this book as far as communication and just identifying for what it is. It's not bad, it's not good, it is what it right. is, it's right. what we want to do about it. And, and I, I think the, it's important to be aware of what your choices are. Right. And then you can look at the situation and go, okay, I know what's happening here. This is what I need to do or this is what I need to say. And uh, that, again, is giving the power back to the woman. Right, right. Well, we're, we're just giving skill sets. You know, we're giving 
giving tools and, and you know, like I said, the first time you use a, a power drill or, I mean, I, I think the first time I tried to use a, a sander, it went off the table, you know, whatever. I don't spend a lot of time with tools, but the point is a tool is only as effective as you start to use it and you get more comfortable as you start to use those tools if you decide to use them in the first place. I agree. The, the more I look at the book myself... <laughs> Uh-huh. the more impressed I am with the group of people that you were able to collect to put information together out there to help women. Yeah. I, it's very uh, impressive. You were all hand-picked, believe me. Uh, I've, done, I've interviewed people for over five years, so these were, you were hand-picked from a group of many, many women. But, again, uh, our team of uh, uh, the Women Connect for Good Foundation, we felt these you, you women, you leading women, represented the type of women that we want to collaborate with and support and lift up that, that can help other women to do the same thing. So I want to I thank you and congratulate you on the continued work that you're doing. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy task. You go into systems, large systems, and you, and you talk about change. And as we know, change, change happens from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top. And it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. Uh, you know, like I said, when I was in the large systems workplace, it, it, oftentimes it was very frustrating. But, but a lot of things have changed for the good. But I think this is the next step is really helping people to communicate. By the way, I think le- leading women, uh, the book itself would be extremely important for men as well to truly understand some of these women's issues. If they want to yeah. be good leaders themselves and, and, yeah. uh, and have a conscious workplace, we all need to understand one another as far as how we're going to get the very best performance out of the, the individuals as far as who's a part of the team themselves. So to me, this yes. book is for everyone of every age, especially men who also think to themselves, you know, 50% of the population, 50% of the people that work here are women. Now, well, I would be really smart to know exactly how I can improve the performance and the communication yes. with this group. Yes, and I've been giving the book myself, I've been giving it to several male colleagues, too, to have them uh, take a look at, because the successful leader, whether male or female, can understand what the dynamics are uh, to improve the work environment. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, this is going to be a fun, fun, productive, uh, I'm very passionate about this, but I think this is really going to be, Cutting edge. I'd like to see this book uh, go go global pretty quickly and be in a lot of different countries. Because you know, women, you know, we're further ahead in many many respects in other countries. But there are women in other countries right now that are starving for this kind of uh, this kind of information. And to see that women really are supporting each other, and to give them hope and to give them skill that those skill sets as well that hopefully they can start using. So. Uh, well, that's, let's that's find a great. time for that uh, book signing in, in Denver, and, and we'll do that. Um, so you come up with some dates, and we'll I'll make a point of being there if I can, and or come up with some dates that I definitely can be there. But uh, again, thank you for being a part. Be, thank you for being a leading woman. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's been great talking with you. Um, what what else would you like everyone to know about what you're doing? Your, your many books that you've written. They're pertinent and they're important and uh, code switching and, and how to talk to men so they'll listen. You have so many great tools and such great information. How can they reach you and know more about you, what you're doing, Claire? Um, people can reach me at my website, 
which is www.dampkinbrown.com. And uh, Dampkin is D-A-M-K-E-N-Brown.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Claire Brown, so I'd be happy to link in with folks. And my email address is Claire at DampkinBrown.com. Well, we're going to be, we've got a book signing coming up next week in Detroit. Uh, we've got one coming up in Pennsylvania. And then we've got one at the end of the month in New York City. There's going to be eight co-authors, so that's going to be exciting. So if you can come to New York the end of January, it's a little bit far, but uh, I'm going from California all the way to New York. Because I think it's just, uh, I, it's I think this is going to be so great the more that we get to know each other in a, and, and we really understand the power to what, what we can do together. I, I'm just very, very excited. But congratulations on your work, continued success in all things, and we will be in touch. And let's see if we can come up with a date for that book signing. Very good. I'll let you know. Thanks, Nancy. Right, I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day, and I'll, I'll be talking to you. Thank you. All right. Thank you now.